A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. I'm I'm hosting today, and I've already fluffed up what I'm saying. But I am Daniel Wilcox, and today I'm joined by uh, Luke Condor with a K, and, and special guest Matthew McLean with two T's. <laughs> Fantastic, welcome, Matthew. How are you? I don't literally have two teas, like drinking. Two <laughs> I've teas. got one coffee, man. You're you're hogging all the yeah. Drinks. Yeah, I have a coffee and a squash. But, I'm all out of uh, I'm all out of beverages at the moment, but um, oh, man. the the bathroom's not too far away, so <laughs> it's a yeah. long headphone cable. <laughs> <laughs> just trail it around the house. You could just yeah. go wandering anywhere. <laughs> um, so, so what, today what, we're talking. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. Okay, so today we're going to be talking um, a little bit about podcasting, the magical world of podcasting, and um, everything that is audio drama fiction, and I think just a general overview of of everything that Matthew has learned in these. How many years have you been around podcasting, Matthew? I started doing it in 2011, so um, yeah, getting on now. I'm not uh, not one of the OG guys from uh, back in 2005, but been doing it a few years now. Fantastic. Cool. And um, how's the writing going at the minute, Luke? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, so we're first drafting book two in the Rock series, with like 10,000 words into it. Um, I didn't realise, but I, I am fairly... I'm okay now, but I've I've been hitting it pretty hard. I, I fell asleep at work today. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> like, so there's only me and one other guy who, work, who works there. And don't tell my boss this, but he left at um, half past four today, so I had an hour to myself. And I just fell asleep for half an hour. Nice. <laughs> I woke up half an hour later. It was like, wow, I'm glad no one came or no one called or anything. That could have been pretty bad. But um, it's nice at recharge. Yeah. You're not a you're not a bus driver or that, are you? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a school, school bus driver. Yeah. So <laughs> Lucky it was a straight road. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was just after he dropped everyone off. He was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Dan? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been editing um, lots and lots and lots to the point where I've had today off because I didn't sleep at all last night because I drove myself insane and then had today off work because I had a migraine. Um, so yeah, hitting it pretty hard as well. Um, but I have gotten, I think I'm up to 50,000 words into Lazarus and I think it's in a lot better shape than it was. I'm very, very happy with how it's going. Um, and like we keep saying, it's a very different story to They Rot where they write it's very very sort of straight laced post apocalyptic thriller lazarus is a lot more of a, a mystery thriller that i think needs to have the right balance of um description of mystery of knowing what's going on 
and it just seems to be kind of flowing a lot better. We've introduced, not introduced a new character, but added a new character to some of the core parts of, of the story, and it seems to be working really well. So hopefully should have that done very, very soon, and then that might be ready to go to print in a couple of months. Yeah, sounds good, man. Yeah, it's just a much yep. bigger book, much bigger story, more more of a metaphysical sort of element to it as well. So it takes a bit more fortune. It keeps growing as well. Yeah. <laughs> Where um, Day Rock was 56,000 words. I think this at the minute is settled around 85,000. Yeah. So it's a full, um, full novel, this one, yeah. Yeah, I forget how much bigger that feels when you're doing it. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Matt? What, have you been working on anything recently? What are you doing? Uh, my ongoing audio drama is, is called A Scottish Podcast. So I, I release one of those episodes every uh, three weeks. So it's an ongoing. Uh, it's not like, you know, I've written the whole thing. I don't even really know where it's going half the time. So um, I, try and, I try and just keep working on scripts for that on an ongoing basis. Um, I, I, I take a lot of walks. That's where I figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, and by the time I, I sit down to write I, I pretty much know like what I'm wanting to get out the next two or three scenes so uh, that's that's pretty much all of the, the fictional writing that I do at the moment Cool, sounds awesome um, So I want to ask you some more questions about that uh, but before we do that Dan, what do we need to do first? We need to do the big whoops Yay, um, okay so <laughs> is anything? have you done anything Dan? Have you seen anything, read anything? What have you been, what have you been uh, doing? So I've got I've got a couple of small things, um, so I'll try and plough through them as quickly as possible. Um, so the first one is we have completed our first week launch of uh, They Rot, which I think went um, fantastically well for us and at one point saw us going into, what was it, number nine of the post-apocalyptic hot new releases, number 10 of the dystopian hot new releases, which was very, very exciting. Um, were, you, were you fairly happy with that so far, Luke? Yeah, it's... Um... It's gone as I mean we'll do probably, probably do a full episode of of this uh, like a little dissection of it but it's it's gone oh like as expected like I'm it's as good as I expect it to be um, it's almost like it's all going to it's all part of the plan um, yeah. and I know like it will ramp up on the net on book two and book three and um, yeah it's it's gone exactly how I wanted it to. It feels it feels intentional, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very happy with that. And then the other two things were, uh, <laughs> sorry if I'm stealing anyone else's, by the way, but the uh, Iron Fist trailer and the Stranger Things two trailer have been released. Yeah, for the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, yes. Spots, right? Yeah. Very exciting. Very brief trailer, but um, obviously Stranger Things is a fantastic show, and it's very exciting to see that they've got their stuff together and it's announced for a Halloween release. Yeah, yeah, and. Are you and we're we're big Netflix fans in general. Um, are you excited for Iron Fist? Oh, very. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the trailer made it feel a lot like Batman. Yeah. Also, I think very. some some people have drawn comparisons to Green Arrow as well. It's a very ah, similar. See, I've not seen that. I've not seen it either, but uh, mm-hmm. apparently it's very similar. Yeah. Are you a fan of any of these, Matt? Uh, I can't say I've seen any of them. I don't watch a massive amount of of TV. Uh, Anything with got... visuals, you don't do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sometimes say that, yeah. But the last um, the last sort of boxed set series, even though it, we didn't tangibly have a box for it, I think it was on Amazon 
was the man in the high castle. Oh, yeah. Me and my wife watched that, and I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, at the moment, we're watching Wayward Pines, and I'm also reading it, so it's uh, I'm really confusing myself because <laughs> uh, trying to figure out did that happen in the book or the TV series, and uh, I don't know what she knows yet because it's all confusing, so I can't even talk about it. Watching it, so. <laughs> well, I think is it have... is it as good as I've heard it is? Because I've heard it's very, very, very good. Brilliant, yeah. Um, a lot of big reveals in it, which I deliberately went out my way to, you know, not read anything about it. So um, nothing was spoiled for me in it. I thought it worked really well. Yeah, I think that's the danger of modern day TV binging, isn't it? It's just so many spoilers released online for absolutely everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when like say Game of Thrones comes out, um, <laughs> it's just a total nightmare yeah. because if you don't watch it there and then it's like people feel compelled to, to live tweet it and you're like what are you doing put your phone away and just watch it yeah and they'll put the big massive release at the top and then at the bottom say oh by the way this is a spoiler and you just think yeah. oh, you've got that the wrong way around <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, Blake Crouch's writing in general I've been reading or I finished reading uh, Dark Matter and he's just a got a very uh vivid but like sparse way of writing it's it's really lovely and really um it's quite inspiring to be honest it's really good yeah funnily enough that was the book that i read that got me into that you know basically what i do is i find the writer and you know i like one of their uh, works and then i just consume everything they've done like the last guy i did that with was robert mccammon yeah uh, i don't know if you've heard of him but um he's got some fantastic books but uh, Dark Matter, I started with that, went to Wayward Pines. I'm now also reading his new one, Abandon, which has been really good as well. So I, I totally agree. He's a fantastic writer. So how far in, in uh, Dark Matter did you get, if you don't mind me asking? I, I finished it, yeah. It's, oh, okay, uh, that yeah. was, it, was I, the first of his that I read. Yeah, it's the first one I've read uh, too. And it's I just kind of got lost lost in it. Very, very You know, the, the, the bit where I was like, okay, this, this is pretty good, is the bit where they go into... Um, I can't recall now the, the box, and it becomes a corridor, and yeah. you suddenly realise that there's all these sort of worlds that they can go to. It's like, oh wow, this is a bit much bigger story than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's it's really superb because I, you know, when when you get involved in making stories, that there are certain tales and and uh, books and films and stuff like that that kind of telegraph stuff. And uh, I thought I had it sussed very early, and I was totally wrong. So um, I, I'm okay. always happy with that. Nobody likes an all, especially when it's yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think I assumed that the main character would have been from the, a different place? That's I, I was wrong. Um, I, I was completely. Did you think a similar thing? I came up with loads of theories, okay, and yeah. um, I think because I'd I'd managed to see one small spoiler as well, and uh, but it turned out not to be a big thing. Yeah. So. Um, Cool. Yeah, but it's well well worth reading. It's a it's a great book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so I think my big whoop is actually one that just got sent to me actually like two hours ago, and it's the most perfect idea. So it's it's a Kickstarter project at the minute. It's um it's for Not Forgotten, a public domain superhero anthology. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of superheroes out there which are public domain. They've just been used and sort of um, forgotten about and. No, that no one owns these superheroes, and they're all kind of weird and odd. Uh, they never really took off on their own. So these, uh, uh, Mika Myers is the guy. Oh no, a big part. So it's Matthew Harding and Einar Masson who have put it together, and um, they're asking for a lot, twenty five thousand dollars. But it's an anthology of 
weird stories told with these public domain superheroes. And I'm pretty sure everyone who's got any interest in making comic books or kickstarting them or, or anything are kicking themselves because this is such a good idea to use all <laughs> of those superheroes in this way. It sounds genius. There must be no limit to what you can kind of bring. Have you, do you know any examples of some of the characters? Uh, yeah. So let me just... Um... So you 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 might like half remember these characters because they would have been like uh, reskinned versions of of you know famous superheroes that we know and love today. So there's the Scarlet Avenger, um, mm. Air Mail, as in like <laughs> a flying man, uh, Atomic Tot, uh, the Black Knight, T- Tarina of the Tundra. So there's all these kind of wacky. Wasn't the know, Black Knight from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Well, yeah, there is actually a, a Black Knight in the Marvel lore as well, but I guess this must be a slightly different one, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's such a good idea. I'm, I think I'm going to back it, but they've got a long way to go. They've, they've got $2,000, they've got to get $25,000, which is massive. Bloody hell, yeah. yeah. How long have they got? 29 days to go, so they've got they've got the full month left. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Okay, uh, so, so podcasting. Um, I've I've told many people this a lot, many times. I absolutely love podcasts. Like I just, I listen to at least two or three a day. <laughs> I like mostly nonfiction. Um, but then, like we, recently, so this past year, we've sort of gotten to like fiction and audio drama and stuff like that. Uh, Matt, can you just like dip into sort of how you first got into podcasts? The first one you might have heard, the first one that made you think, ah, oh, this could be something I'd like to do. Yeah, it was uh, back, like, my, my previous career, I was a golf course greenkeeper for um, about <laughs> nice. 10 years, I guess, maybe more, probably more. Um, and back in the day, I was I was down working in London at the time. I was listening to a lot of radio. And I just, even though radio isn't very good, you know, most, mm-hmm. most radio isn't very good nowadays, some mm-hmm. of the stuff I was listening to, I really enjoyed and I just got kind of captivated by audio I guess so when I moved back up to Scotland I ended up uh, going to college to study radio and I was still working on the golf course in the summer so I started uh, downloading podcasts it was back in the day where uh, you downloaded them on your computer and put them on your iPod you know it was a bit (laughs) of a a pain to do but uh, queue up a playlist late at night so I had like eight hours worth of content to listen to the next day so going out there and just um trying to find as much stuff as i could and it, it was a friend of mine who runs a film podcast back in the day he was talking about this zombie podcast which i thought sounded brilliant it was uh, we're alive which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. heard of one of the you know the top audio dramas ever top modern yes, audio dramas huge following so um, at that time they had a lot of episodes so i started uh, tentatively downloading uh, lots of these episodes, putting them on my, my iPod. And I wouldn't say that I was instantly hooked, but by the end of the first episode, I'm like, that was, you know, that was quite entertaining. Um, and then I just kept listening and listening. And before I knew it, I was like addicted. And I found another show called Edict Zero FIS, which is just a, a fantastic show for for me, even now, those two shows are, are you know, the the twin towers, if you like, you know, the holy grail of audio drama for me. And, and Edict Zero, the, the soundscape and the depth and everything just drew me in. 
And with me at the at that time, learning to record and edit audio at a very basic level, uh, said to my friend at college, we need to have a go at this. Because I thought, how, how hard can it be? We know how to record <laughs> voices. We could uh, multi-track. So uh, all we need is some sound effects. And of course, the beginning of a, a very steep learning curve, we came up with a, a story, a, a post-apocalyptic story set here in Fife in Scotland, where we're from, called Aftermath and began to write a script and uh, source actors online. So we were casting people on uh, sort of voice acting websites and getting them to send their lines to us. And it was a very steep learning curve. And looking back, you know, I wouldn't like to listen to some of those early (laughs) episodes now because they'll be very, very rough. Um, we, We didn't know a thing about, you know, volume levels and EQ or anything like that. And some of the, the sound effects and things that we used were probably a bit naff as well. But it was what it was. And you've got to start somewhere. And, um, you know, further down the line, we decided to to create a podcast. This was summer of 2014. We'd been making a lot of audio drama, listening to a lot of audio drama. And we thought, why don't we actually, like, make a podcast about doing this stuff? Because one didn't exist, basically. You've you've got two great podcasts in the audio drama world. You've got one called Radio Drama Revival, and you've got one called The Sonic Society. Both uh, showcase and feature audio dramas on a, a weekly or fortnightly basis. Um, one of them is 10 years old. The other one's got 500 episodes under their belt. So these are stalwarts in the, the podcast and the world. Uh, and now and then they, they would do interviews and they would kind of touch on the, the writing and production and the sort of creative side of stuff. So we felt like, well, what if we start a podcast and we talk about all the mistakes that we've made and we try and get interviews with people uh, who know a lot more than we do and we could pick their brains about it. So we started doing that podcast every single week. And uh, again, it was a learning curve going into spoken word podcasting. Um, in many cases, it's easier, but also, you know, there, there are parts of it that are more difficult. The fact that you're, um, you know, you're not technically live, but you, you don't want to uh, give yourself a massive editing job. So you've got to become quite fluent, uh, fluid even, which I'm not yet, but um, I'm getting there. <laughs> and uh, we did that podcast uh, very recently. We hit our 100th episode. And um, oh, congratulations. You know, a big, uh, a big community sort of grew around the show. But I think it was because we had a, a Facebook group as well, which just right place at the right time. A lot of, a lot of very, very knowledgeable people got in there, and it became a, a really valuable place to be if you were interested in making audio drama. And uh, very recently, there just last month, we decided to step down as hosts of the show just to concentrate on. Uh, well, other commitments that we had, and we, we had sort of scheduling conflicts. So, uh, two brilliant ladies, Fiona Thrail and Sarah Golden, down in England, we approached them to see if they would take over. So they they've just released their second episode uh, yesterday. So they're doing a, a fantastic job, and and we're really excited to to see where they take the show now. Do you miss it at all yet? Not yet, no. I mean, it was pretty poignant hanging up the headphones after, uh, I think it was like 102 episodes or something like that. So, um, it, you know, we, we went for the first year of the podcast, we did it every single week. And it was just something I, I was very fixated on was we've got to get the podcast out. 
Um, and it was quite stressful at times. I mean, you guys will know this more than anyone. You're doing a podcast as well. Uh, there's just so many challenges uh, to getting your episodes recorded and getting them out there. And um, we experimented with fortnightly schedules and then things happened and we went periods where we maybe went a month. Um, we had some really top end episodes. It was episode 98 to episode 101. And what we what we decided to to make a bit of an occasion for it. So the first of these episodes, we invited everyone in the audio drama production community to send in clips about how to make your listener laugh, how to write comedy. So this episode was just a montage of all these great people giving you their tips about writing comedy, about making the listener laugh. Uh, the next episode was how to scare your listener, how to write horror. Uh, so again, same theme. And then episode 100 and 101, we asked them, if you could, knowing what you know now, if you could go back and speak to yourself before you made any audio drama, before you sat down and wrote your first script, what would you tell yourself? So we got some phenomenal feedback on that as well. So these episodes, it was a great way for us to, to bow out because it was um, just such great content. And even though we were the curators, you're listening to it and you're just learning so much from it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely proud of, of what the podcast achieved over the last couple of years. It sounds absolutely fantastic. I think it's a really nice way, like you say, to bow out and actually have that recap of everyone chipping in and getting together because what we're finding at the minute with um, the other stories is we're getting a bit of a community behind us which is quite nice because in terms of podcasts I, I, we're, we're very junior still I mean we only started last April but we are beginning to get a fair following but I think one of the biggest things that I guess some people do underestimate is how valuable the community can be to the podcast so I mean how big was your community and were there, were there any points where you people reached out to you and it kind of helped drive you on yeah well the the community now it's it's audio drama production podcast on facebook i think we're about 50 odd people away from a thousand now so um i remember when we set up the facebook group and got like our first member and i was like wow i wonder <laughs> if they listen to the podcast <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when you start doing a show as well and like when you get a couple of emails and you're amazed you're like people are actually listening to this stuff because um, even even podcasts that get pretty big downloads, it's it's actually quite rare to get like feedback from your listener, um, and I think that that puts a lot of people off when they start podcasting, whether it's a, a spoken word podcast, a, a non-fiction podcast, or an audio drama. A lot of people, I think, expect to hear from their listeners straight away. It can take maybe a year before you hear from someone, even if your downloads are pretty decent, even if you're getting two or 300 downloads an episode, um, which is, again, decent numbers. You know, a lot of people go into podcasting and they hear about some of the top podcasters talking about tens of thousands of downloads. That's not the reality. I think it's, um, if you get more than 150 downloads within uh, 30 days of release of an episode that's you in the, the top 50 percent of podcasts um i'll verify that stat later on but, um, <laughs> you know podcast downloads a lot of people they think they're going to get tens of thousands of downloads and they think they're going to get loads and loads of emails from listeners and it's actually the case of you've just got to work quite hard and, and keep 
you know, putting stuff out there. Eventually, yeah, you'll start to hear from listeners, but don't get discouraged in the early days when you when you feel like you're talking into a, a void, essentially. Yeah. Dan, what was um, when we spoke to uh, Katie at ACAS, what did she call the other stories? Um, a mid, did she call it a mid, mid list? Um, yeah, I think it was a mid list podcast. So, so we've, um, so I've been involved in about, so I used to edit podcasts as well for a company. Um, so I used to see the stats of lots of different podcasts and I was amazed by how few downloads a lot of, a lot of podcasts get, but like podcasts that have like big guests on sometimes, you know, aren't getting as many downloads as people suspect. And I think we were amazed like at how hungry an audience there are for like audio dramas and fiction podcasts. Um, I think you may have accidentally tapped into something with the other stories in the, the horror podcasting community. But um, I mean, in terms of um, like creating the audience, is, is creating a, a Facebook group the best way to go, do you think? Or what, what, how can you tap into that audience there and, and make them more of a community? Yeah, sorry, I did totally digress from your last question there, and that was uh, that was initially what I was supposed to be talking about. Um, I think it's really important to have a community for your podcast, whether that's on Facebook or not. There's pros or pros and cons basically. One of the big pros of doing it on Facebook is that everyone is already on Facebook, or at least you know ninety five percent of people are. Uh, they're already used to to checking Facebook on a daily basis. So if you could be there, it's you're not asking someone to do something extra. You're not asking them to download another app or check another website or install something. So it's very, very easy to... I'd say it's one of the easiest things to do is to build a, a Facebook community. And one we're seeing as well now is uh, Slack communities as well, which are very popular. Personally, I'm not a fan of Slack just because it's it's more like a chat room and stuff just moves too fast for me. It's not very well organized, but that's a, a, a personal taste. That's very um, interesting you say that, actually. We use um, Slack quite a lot just between um, everyone in Hawk and Cleaver, but I've never actually thought of using it for a, a wider community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a really good audio drama Slack, uh, which I try my very best to check in on now and then. But like I say, it's just not the it's not the platform for me. It just moves too fast for me. Um, I, you know, I'm very used to Facebook, and it's uh, I, I just I just like you know communities in there. Um, but certainly, it was it was obviously free for us to set up. It was very easy to do. On the other side, you've got. Um, building a community, maybe uh, installing software on your website, getting like a forum or a bulletin board. Again, people have had success with this, but I'd say it's it's more difficult. But obviously, if you, if you pull that off, you've got a lot more control over it. And although it doesn't look like Facebook's going anywhere soon, uh, if Zuckerberg pulled the plug tomorrow and you know everything that you've built is based around this Facebook community you've got no one's emails or anything like that then you're kind of screwed so um there's no right or wrong answer but wherever you do it having a community is important because you're giving your listeners access to you and you've got the opportunity to meet them to get to know them to make friends with them and at the same time your listeners meet each other and a lot of people end up because they're doing the same things they collaborate with each other a lot of people in our community have uh, met each other and, and ended up working together and 
it just sort of it builds bonds around your podcast, around their podcast. It just creates a, an overall sense of community. So it's, you know, I would recommend anyone who has a podcast to to try and build a community around it. Certainly. Yeah. So um, moving into sort of the production of audio fiction and podcasts and um, what would you say are the main avenues you can go when it comes to actually creating an audio drama, whether that's a serialized thing or a standalone thing? What would be your main avenues that you can see? Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. In terms of the way the way it's created? Yeah, in terms of the different, I guess, the different categories of audio drama that are available. Yeah, well, I mean... Y- You've got what you're seeing a lot of now because there's a you've touched on this and I won't digress, I promise, but um <laughs> there's there's such a demand for audio fiction. So a lot of creators are coming in now. They're very good writers, experienced writers. They don't have a lot of audio production experience. So they're doing very uh I say low production, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but it's a single voice, or maybe they're mixing in a couple of voices. There's very basic. maybe not even yeah, maybe not even any sound effects, maybe a bit of music now and then. And you can work your way up to stuff like We're Alive, uh, stuff like Edict Zero, the two shows I always mentioned, but you know, there's not a footstep, there's not a chair creak that doesn't go uh, unannounced in the soundscape of those productions. Very, very highly produced. Obviously, that takes a long time to learn how to do it well. And it takes, even when you, if anything, the better you get at it, the longer it takes because you become more of a perfectionist. So mm. it's a, a very, very time-consuming thing to do. So, it, And then also we've got shows now uh, which I tend to call docudramas, like The Black Tapes, Tannis, Limetown, The Message. So shows that are done as real documentaries um, and the writing of these shows, you know, is, is very skilled, but the, the production as good as it is, isn't as much effort as a, as a fully fledged audio drama, if you like, it's more documentary. So a lot of fake interviews, Skype calls, things like that. So, um, that's a, that's been a popular route mm. for people to go down as well. I would say that's your sort of three three main types of, of audio fiction podcast at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, Dan, what would you say we fit into there with the other stories, I mean? Because that's like an audio book, but with a bit of Foley and 
a bit of sound effects and voices thrown in. Yeah, I think what what I've listened to, um, and I don't want this to come across big heads because it's really not meant to, but I, th- I think what we're doing isn't currently being done by... Uh, we kind of fit in the middle of, say, productions like We Are Alive that do, like you say, record every sound effect, put in all that effort. They have different voices. And things like... Um, I'm trying to think of another example, but stories where it is just one voice flat. It's we've got. I think we've got quite um, for the budget that we have and the people that we're working with and the time we have to work it with. We've got a nice balance of having the music and having the sound effects that we need, but it's all solely on one narrator. So I mean, one of the things I'd love to look at in the future is um, adding more narrators to bring certain elements of the stories alive because it's very rare that we have one person talking for an entire thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of rest in a weird spot in the middle of that, and and, that, and that's just because that's like that's just we're just using what we have available. Like we, uh, that's just where we fell. Yeah, I, do you remember the um, first few months when it was a case of we just literally added music, and then we we were lucky enough that um, one of my friends is actually a bit of a, an audio whiz and very very kindly offered to get involved and start editing our episodes, and that that made a huge difference, didn't it, Luke? Yeah, the first the first few episodes were literally just us or our actor friends talking into microphones with a bit of added like atmospheric sounds. But like so I think if people out there listening or they do want to sort of get involved, if they want to take that approach, that kind of worked for us. I mean, we were very iterative. It, each episode sort of got a little bit better and then mm. went from there. And I'd like to do a bit more of the audio drama thing, um, in terms of We're Alive, but yeah, that. yeah, we are looking at increasing and putting in a second, not a second, like a fourth one of our podcasts, aren't we? Which is going to be a bit more of a serialized story. So, I mean, do you have any advice on what it takes to create a good serial drama? Because I think we're looking at um, potentially a seven episode per season structure. But I mean, what's currently working? What's out there that could be quite good for that? To be honest, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go into it thinking what's working. I would mm. I would go into it thinking what story do I want to tell? And we've talked about the different ways you could do it. There's no there's no right way or wrong way at all. There's there's ways that probably haven't even been done yet, waiting to be done by someone. So it's just about like thinking about the story you want to tell and you've got a way up whether it's something that you want to be released in the, the near future. Or is it something that you're prepared to spend um, 18 months on before it sees the light of day? Personally, I'm quite an impatient person. <laughs> so, um, you yeah. know, when I finish an episode, I just want it out there. Um, that's just me personally. A lot of, a lot of others are very, very patient. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of producers in our community working away. They've been working on, on a project for maybe a year or more. And they've probably got 20 episodes in the can and they've not even released one yet because they want it all done. Uh, a lot of people will tell you to write all your episodes before you record a single thing. Again, that's probably the right thing to do, if you like. <laughs> from You know, less can go wrong uh, if you do that. But again, I'm impatient. I just I want to write something, record it, put it out there. I know that there's a risk that I write myself in a corner by accident or maybe an actor pulls out mid-season and we've not recorded the, the whole series yet. So oh, no. <laughs> it's, um, you know, you've, you've got to weigh up the rest. You've got to, you've got to decide, 
do I want the immediate gains or am I prepared to play the long game? And ultimately, what you know, what way is going to serve the story I want to tell in terms of my production style and the way it's delivered? Whereabouts did you find your actors, if you don't mind me asking? Find our actors? Yeah. Uh, well, back in the day, um, when Facebook maybe wasn't as, as big a tool as it is now, we, we used uh, websites like the Voice Actors Alliance mm. and a bulletin board called Audio Drama Talk, which I think this week just went offline, which was quite sad. Um, the old sort of like uh, late 90s style bulletin boards that are slowly dying out. Um, but nowadays you've got, a, you've got a Facebook group called Audio Drama Editions, uh, which is very good for finding people. And, you know, in our community as well, there's a lot of the voice actors that are in there. So uh, there's a lot of very good voice actors who are, um, are you know, they just want to, to voice act. It's just a passion that they've got. They're very good at it. And, um, you know, a lot of people out there with, with decent mics. Yeah. I'm literally just adding myself into the audio drama auditions group now. <laughs> I um one of my um so we we've got about like ten or maybe not that many narrators, maybe like seven narrators. <clears throat> yeah. And um I really want to pay them. <laughs> like they, they, they spend <laughs> so much time every month sort of uh recording these like amazing um takes. Um, do you it, find sorry? Do you find yourself justifying when you're talking to them? Like we we don't get paid either. It's yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I, I, <laughs> I feel like we're we're building like a brand or something. That, you know, we we might be able to make money in other ways. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I feel like the narrators are like freelancers who are unpaid, um, and like none of them have complained. But um, in terms of monetization of podcasts, um, what sort of avenues are there, Matthew, that, that you can think of there and is there anything that um i mean i know i know people don't make money from podcasts generally <laughs> it's not really something that is a money-making scheme uh, but is there anything out there for podcasters that we should be looking at generally patreon um patreon's very popular in the well i think in podcasting in general but in the audio drama community a lot of people are doing uh, great things with patreon um with their rewards and and i, I take it are you guys both familiar with patreon we, yeah, yeah we, we are on there we are on it yeah. we haven't done too much there but um we, yeah. we want to do more we're working so on it, building essentially you know for anyone who doesn't know it's it's an ongoing kickstarter where someone could pledge i think it's as little as like a dollar uh, a month so it's a good chance to to get some income that way and uh, like i say you, you can put rewards up there and stuff like that so people are people are using that uh, to good effect and having good results but it's for what you're saying earlier it's it's still muddy waters in a sense if yeah. you're you know if you start to make a lot of money and you've got people uh, essentially working for you for nothing um yeah. you know you, you you could end up with an actors union uh, chasing you down it, <laughs> it could happen um so i think in the early days it's important to to get an agreement in place with your cast uh determining where you want to take it um, and if people are working for you for free, you've got to really offer them some sort of creative input and you've got to try and look after them as best you can. So, you know, don't treat them like you've uh, enslaved them in some sort of poorhouse. Yeah. Uh, give them a bit of uh, say in where the script's going and where their character's going and just try and make it more of a, a community project. And, um, you know, if you if you're lucky enough, if you're talented enough to to make money further down the line, 
um, you have to remember that you, you can't just keep it because it's it's not you that's doing all the work, even yeah, though you might be yeah. doing the bulk of it. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I'm very conscious of is I always try and make an effort whenever I'm speaking to um, the narrators because it's generally just me and you that speak to them, isn't it, Luke? It's more um, you now than, than me. I, I, I don't really get involved much anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to always make a point of if we succeed in any way, if we've got anything to celebrate, I make sure that they know that it's happened and it's because of them and try and make it a point to include them because at the end of the day, we, we say repeatedly on this show, and I don't know if any of them listen to the show, but we, we very much understand that we wouldn't kind of be where we are without them. Yeah. Um, but I also had a follow-up question. It's gone now. So if you've got one, Luke, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just called, um... I don't know. Oh, no, really. that was I'm... it. So, go on. Oh, no. <laughs> So uh, going back to Patreon, because like you say, that's one of the sort of key things that people are doing. And to be honest, whenever um, me and Luke have been researching other podcasts, we've always looked at what they're doing with their Patreon and how well they're working on it. Um, and we, we've been kind of a bit slow with getting patrons on there. We have a few, um, but our main reward tiers at the minute, I think the base one, um, we've just introduced that they get a free extra episode that's exclusive to Patreon of the other stories um which we kind of think could be quite a big pull a bit of an attractor for people listening to the show if you know they're sort of diehard fans um but do you think that something like that sounds like a good idea do you think there's anything that people are doing that is bringing listeners to the page on you do you think it's pretty much just a minefield and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't you know what i think i think deep down uh, people pledge to you on Patreon. Most people pledge to you on Patreon because they like what you do. And I don't know that rewards are a huge factor. They will be for some people, but yeah. I, I think I think it's all about um, giving your audience what they like and they like it enough that they don't mind buying you a cup of coffee once a month or buying you a pint of beer. And I've always found that that's uh, quite a good way to sort of market it if you want to mention it on your episodes. It's just... You know, very quick, non-intrusive, and just say to them, "Look, if you enjoy what we do, it takes us a lot of time. We love doing it. Uh, if you wouldn't mind getting us a cup of coffee once a month or getting us a pint of beer once a month, here's the Patreon link, uh, and just leave it up there. Make sure people can find it on your website. Just have a, a page on your website that's, uh, you know, yourpodcast.com/support with a link to your Patreon, and just explain that a wee bit. Just leave it there. Um, the rewards they might." They might uh, coax some people into pledging, but I think it. I think it just comes down to creating stuff that that people like. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Um, there's a there's a writer called I think it's Rachel Heron or Rachel Aaron. I'm not too sure, but um, <laughs> they've got a Patreon for their creative pursuits. But as one of their main draws is they do like a, a monthly uh, creative newsletter sort of deal, like an, an essay. Um, and she um she gets a lot she gets about a thousand dollars a month and she was um walking down the street where she lived and she found noticed one of her people one of her patrons in the street she started talking to her and then she said oh did you get your uh, newsletter this month and she's like you do newsletters she had no idea that <laughs> what the patron was actually for she just wanted the opportunity to support her and which like, is yeah. lovely and annoying in equal measure <laughs> yeah 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 how is that- how go on sorry matthew no, it was just a, a very quick point. I, I, I've often thought to myself, uh, you know, I could spend quite a lot of time uh, working on Patreon rewards and really putting work into the Patreon 
Patreon account, but that has taken time away from writing. That's taken time away from production. And mm. you've only got so much time. So, again, looking at the long game, do you want to be getting regular episodes out and building a big, big audience that love your stuff? Or are you going to get bogged down in, in Patreon stuff uh, and maybe make a wee bit more money, but ultimately not get that much done for uh, your wider audience? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, um, how important do you think uh, websites are as, as an additional add-on to the podcast itself? Because I think some of the bigger podcasts that we've seen have some fantastic websites that store all the information, but then there are some that get thousands and thousands of listens that don't have any website at all. Do you think that's a necessary thing that people need? I do think websites are increasingly important. I'm not talking about uh, something that you need to spend loads of money on and have a really fancy design. I'm just talking about somewhere that I could easily find the information that I want. So, as you know, I'm I'm not a web designer, but I could set up a, a WordPress website that would work on a mobile phone and and have all the info you need. So, like I've said before, you you want a support page up there if you've got a Patreon. Uh, you want a page on there that says subscribe. And you want to have links to everywhere that you could be found within reason. You know, the the places like iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, if you're out in America, we can't get on there yet over here. Um, Stitcher, when it comes about, eh, not Stitcher, sorry, Spotify. Uh, you just want to link to all these places. You want to have a contact page because you definitely want people to get in touch with you. So on your contact page, a, a form or an email address or both, Put your Twitter there, your Facebook, your Instagram. Uh, you want to have uh, an episodes list because if you end up with, with lots of episodes, I think if you end up with over 100, it, it might start not showing them all in iTunes. Uh, so you want people to be able to go to your website and download your uh, episodes if they want to and have your R RSS feed on there as well. Uh, even basic information about your show because you know what it's like nowadays a lot of blogs that are taking interest in podcasts and their websites they'll maybe do like a, a roundup of their favorite podcasts and they'll maybe want to go on there and grab like a blurb off your website yeah and also for people that get linked to your website you know if, if someone uh, promotes your show somewhere someone wants to be able to go on there and and, and just read a paragraph and decide is this something I want to give a chance to? So again, it's a good idea on that homepage to maybe have like a two-minute audio trailer as well. So there's a, you know, if you have a website, you've got control over all this. Whereas if you don't, people are maybe going to be sending folk to iTunes or uh, Libsyn or, or wherever, but it's not your site and you've no control over it. So I, th I think it's, um, it's not essential, but it's very, very important in my opinion. Yeah, I always mm. like uh, those podcasts that have a, uh like a start here feature where it says it, it's like has five or yeah. six episodes that they recommend people to, to get a taste of what they do. Mm. So Dan, we've been, uh, we've been cracking on for about 45 minutes now. We should probably start to wrap up. Have you got any more questions on your list? Uh, just one more, I think, um, which is which if for people that are looking to get themselves into audio fiction dramas, um, what would you say, are your top three pieces of advice for them? Ooh, top three pieces of advice. <laughs> first, first piece of advice is don't procrastinate trying to wait for uh, your knowledge to be up to scratch. 
uh, and for conditions to be right. You probably never feel like you have enough time. You'll never feel like you know quite enough. So first things first, dive in. Uh, you can get a, a microphone that I always uh, tell people that are sort of at the start of their podcasting journey, even if it's for audio drama, a microphone called the, the Samsung Q2U, which you could use as a USB mic straight into your computer. Or later on, if you upgrade to like a mixer or preamp, you could plug it in via an XLR cable as well. And you get this great little kit. It's got headphones and a mic stand, and it's only like think it's about 60 pounds or 60 dollars so a great it little mic tickets yeah uh, and 60 dollars i think which is um <laughs> funny for that to happen but yeah. uh, just you know get that um and another thing is don't we we made this mistake back in the day don't dive into a, a 12 episode series what you've got to do is uh, write a self-contained story maybe 15 pages uh, generally, a, a page of script works out as a, a minute of audio, generally, uh, and write a short story. Very few actors, maybe two or three people, uh, record it and just, you know, get to work putting it together. Get Audacity, it's free. It's, you know, there's flaws of Audacity. It's not it's not the most intuitive uh, audio editing software, but you could upgrade further down the line. So uh, maybe that's more than three bits of advice, but it, Ultimately, it boils down to just throw yourself into it and start small, but always stay outside your comfort zone and keep pushing yourself forward. Keep soaking up as much advice uh, from everyone as you can and just uh, try not to get overwhelmed with it all because no one really knows what they're doing. We're all winging it, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen an increase in people who you can definitely tell that they've not done it before. And I mean, when I started this show with you, Luke, I'd never done anything like this before at all. Um, But obviously you'd had your longer running Luke's Massive Storytelling podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, But it only takes a couple of episodes really to warm yourself into it and to get used to it and just get into the flow. Yeah, I remember, I still do sometimes, but I remember the first like interview so I did a show called The Storytellers Podcast three or four years ago. And um, I remember getting super nervous before every episode. Like, <laughs> you sort of hoping that the interviewee was going to cancel before the show because you were so nervous. Um, <laughs> and you like your hands are shaking and stuff. But you, you get into it. And um, I think nowadays I just enjoy talking to, to people about cool topics like, like this. Cool. Uh, so we should start to wrap up before we've got like the, the quick fire round first uh Matthew, yes are you ready yeah i suppose i am yeah <laughs> okay cool down there do you want to go first or do you want me to go first after you okay question one zombies or vampires zombies spaghetti or lasagna spaghetti uh spirit animal uh, a rabbit interesting what was the last podcast you listened to oh good question <laughs> um it's the pressure Christ, i don't know a uh, campfire radio theater uh the last book you read uh the last full book i read was wayward pines the last human you petted uh probably my wife <laughs> we've asked that question it. three times in a row and everyone said the wife i'm gonna be surprised <laughs> if anyone says something else get, get in three... trouble if you don't say that that's <laughs> three fear of saying stacy at the office yeah <laughs> um, I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, podcasts or radio? Uh, that's a hard one. Podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to change this one. What is your favourite podcast? Uh, I've mentioned it uh, a few times. Edict Zero, F-I-S. 
Cool. Uh, and what is your rabbit's name? Uh, Willie. And there's a, I, I won't go into Willie's story because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but is that's it just the name. one rabbit you've got. Uh, no, I've got two. He's got I've got two as well. well. Lucy. Really? Yeah, yeah. You're sat next to me now. We'll got need one... to start a rabbit <laughs> podcast. Oh, that'd be fun. Will we just will we talk about rabbits or we just let the rabbits run the show? I reckon they they would make pretty good presenters. Very yeah. very vocal creatures. <laughs> one of mine squeaks quite a lot. The other one doesn't. It just gets humped in the face. <laughs> the life of a rabbit <laughs> food and face humping <laughs> and on that note <laughs> so uh, Matt where where can people follow you in your work uh, the two websites I, I work at thepodcasthost.com we're a podcasting resource online we do loads of equipment reviews and uh, fiction podcast of the week which uh, there was some show that uh, at time of recording today were fiction podcast of the week um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, aware of them? Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, was the other stories. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. 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 Those idiots. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we've got uh, the the podcasthost.com and also the audio drama production podcast is at audiodramaproduction.com. I was uh, listening to a couple of episodes of that and it's really good. I listened to the Casey Wayland episode. Um, and I was just thought it was excellent for people wanting to do this kind of thing. So I'd totally recommend that. Yeah, there's uh, there's that one, and also Dirk Mags as well. It was a, a interview that you know it was a couple of years ago now, but it was yeah. just so good. He's just a total fountain of knowledge. But did he, did he do the Judge Dread uh, audio stuff like years ago? <laughs> yeah, I think he did like Batman. And, yeah, uh, Spider Man stuff. He's just done. He, he's so so cool and so down to earth. You know, he he's the first guy that will tell you you do not need big fancy equipment. Like even if you have to just grab your phone and go and record something out in the woods, sounds a bit dodgy, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> audio format. Yeah, and it's got a really cool name, Dirk Mags. I know, mm-hmm. cracking name, solid yeah. name. <laughs> uh, and speaking of Casey as well, Casey Wayland, the uh, audio drama Bronzeville debuted 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 today um <laughs> that's his audio drama with Lawrence Fishburne and it's about the numbers game in Chicago and I'm I've actually got that queued up ready to listen to probably tonight because Matt that Brunzel. is that's going to be exceptional that's amazing that um you're getting that sort of caliber of of acting talent to, to do this kind of work now yeah that's that's going to be very very big for for podcasting and for audio drama I think yeah yeah uh, okay so um Dan, do you mind if I do the outro, or did you did you want dibs on it? After you, sir. So thanks to Disaster Peace for the intro and outro music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast, the listeners for listening. Go to our Patreon. You know, buy us a cup of coffee, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and thanks to Dan. <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks to Dan, my co-host, being here. And thanks to you again to you, Matthew McLean. Oh, Matt, are you on Twitter? Uh, I am, yes. Uh, mainly through my audio drama scottish podcast it's all one word um right it's a very uh, very rude podcast (laughs) can you give it a quick uh, uh, synopsis uh yes it's an audio drama about a former radio dj uh, who reinvents himself as a paranormal investigation podcaster (laughs) nice amazing (laughs) sounds like almost douglas adamsy or something uh cool so matt last last question where do you live a uh, five, just north of Edinburgh. <laughs> I was only joking. I meant address, but uh, that's fine. 
All right, yeah. No, you can come here any time. I've got, uh, got two rabbits and a wife, so um, I'll bring mine. For... <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories? Oh, and did you know? Every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip. <laughs>